This is Academes, a podcast about women in academia, living the dream, or are we? Hi, Sarah. Okay, so here we are. Um, I think we are eight days from when we last recorded. Mm -hmm. Um, It is about 8.30 on Sunday, March 22nd. Mm -hmm. Um, We last recorded a COVID update um, on Saturday um, last week. So it's important that we say exactly what date it is, because when I listened to our recording from Saturday on Thursday, when it <laughs> dropped, I had so many cringeworthy like, oh, because I talk about going to getting a, get a massage and going to the market and going to a toy store, which I would never do now. Yeah. Um, I had the same yeah. like I had the same experience, but to me, it just pointed out how fast everything's changing and it actually you know i was glad that we marked it in time and i think i'll probably Mm -hmm. go back and listen to it one day to remember this time because i can barely remember yesterday Mm -hmm. so really trying to acknowledge just how rapidly things are changing Mm -hmm. yeah and so um, in preparation for this recording, I sat down to kind of try to think about, okay, well, what's happened in the last week? Like, what can we talk about um, has transpired with respect to the pandemic? And it, I was having a hard time even remembering mm-hmm. what had happened in the past week versus prior to that. But you confirmed that, like, the university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill closed this week. Yeah. Not just because before they had just moved classes online and mm -hmm. there was more work from home options, but now they said everybody leave, like leave. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that means like all non-mandatory personnel. And I actually got an interesting um, education on what mandatory personnel means. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, I'm, I'm getting this secondhand, so it, I, and I might be understanding it incorrectly, but I think if you're responsible for some employees, like I know my department chair is mandatory personnel, so it's oh, not like just healthcare providers or something like that. Yeah, I know the people who run the IT systems. I think they're still allowed to be mm-hmm. on campus. I think they're they have had a process for figuring it out because okay. they really want people to be gone, but there are people who are still there trying to keep things running and a lot of people working from home and (laughs) i think Mm -hmm. my department's like it's so not okay i think they're like we are open for business which is something we'll talk about and people who are working from home doing it doing accounting doing student Mm -hmm. services and i mean these staff are just Mm -hmm. i am in awe of them but a lot of them are working from home yeah um and then in north carolina um in the past week um, we're not allowed to dine in in a restaurant. You can just like do curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, tell me about what you said about the the child ch- 
child care centers for essential personnel. They closed all the K through 12 and they, Mm -hmm. you know, haven't closed daycare centers for a variety of public health reasons about children and transmission and also the need for essential personnel to have a place to leave their children. Like there are nurses and doctors and people who work at hospitals who we need to be able to go to work and all other kinds of industries and they need a place to leave their children. And so it had been, they had just been giving the directors very little guidance. And so some of them had been closing, some of them had been staying open. Mm. And so I recently saw a Twitter thread from a state rep who said they actually want to put together a plan to proactively keep a certain number of daycare centers open. So they're going to do a survey of, I think, daycare centers within five miles of like medical centers or something. Like, so I think it's moving to a new stage about thinking about key infrastructure. So I, I've been following that closely because I have preschool age children. And as a social epidemiologist, I think a lot about the consequences of having kids out of childcare for months and months. Um, So it's just something that I'm following closely. So maybe in our next episode, I'll update you more. Can I, maybe this is a tangent and tell me if, if it is, but I am curious about like the rationale aside from essential personnel for keeping childcare centers open for non-essential personnel. Um, It hasn't been shown to, I mean, it's kind of an epidemiologically complex thing. Little kids don't really get sick and it's not clear that they transmit. There's some new studies, like every day there's new studies where there are some kids where there is a detectable viral load, but even those kids really aren't sick. And so it's still unclear whether they can transmit, but none of the evidence shows daycare centers and childcare centers for small children as being a hub of transmission. Like we've seen churches be hubs of transmission and family dinners be hubs of transmission and cruise ships and, you know, (laughs) senior hubs and like, you know, all these other things, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, the other thing I'm seeing around the country is, um, my clinician colleagues being pulled (sighs) From research to yeah. from either research or their specialty yep. to COVID. Yeah. Um, I have a, a mentee, a junior faculty mentee who's a urologist, and we were emailing back and forth about um like him potentially getting pulled away. And he he emailed me saying if he does get pulled away for COVID duty, he wants Navy duty. And the words Navy duty were hyperlinked to an article about Governor Cuomo bringing in like a Navy battleship or as like auxiliary beds, like hospital beds. To keep all the non-COVID people out of the hospital. I was, that was one of the moments where I was like, Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is serious. This is serious. Um, Somebody in one of my academic um, mom groups with a lot of doctors said, like, we're preparing for war right now. And people were like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like a wartime mobilization. (sighs) And my family is from California. Yeah. And so all of my family is sheltering in place. Yeah. Um, And different people are handling it differently um i mean i think it's taken a while for some of my older family members shall we say to get on board with (laughs) the fact that this is a serious thing and not going out for dinner um that was taken out of their hands pretty recently like public health in action 
Jeez. Um, and, you know, I, um, it's being, it, it's been interesting seeing this unfold. And I, I ordered a book about, um, the 1918 flu pandemic because <laughs> I realized that we're in a different place and time, but like, Sarah, this sounds sad. I don't, I, I don't want to read no, it. Can, but I just, I am, I cannot wait for, um, all of the retrospectives on this and how different people have handled this around the world because, I do feel like there's huge variation in the way people are responding um, and adhering to this. And I find that fascinating. I'm glad. I'm glad you can kind of, you know, think about it from this intellectual perspective. It's good. It's good. We all have different coping mechanisms as we as a theme of our show. Yeah, well, it's not all as pretty as uh, an intellectual <laughs> perspective, so we'll get to that. Okay. Um, s- some small things. Um, last t- week when we recorded, I talked about not knowing what I was going to do about church. And mm-hmm. after we recorded, the church announced that they weren't going to hold services anymore and they were going to do online services. So um, last Sunday and this Sunday, I was on my couch Go into YouTube to watch oh, a right. streaming service of church with How my. How did that feel? It was good. It's still uh, not as good as being there in person. So my next thing is to think about having a Zoom that runs on a different device where I can like see people and people can see me. Oh, because right now it's just like watching TV and it's a familiar face and it's fine, but the community aspect mm-hmm. is kind of missing. And Lou is my older child is like running around. I mean, it's not like as relaxing as I would like, but it's it's good. And it's an anchor and we're experimenting and we're evolving and people are trying and it it feels good. Because I know your pastor, Um, Mm -hmm. like I've met him and his wife out in the community. I don't know why, like, imagining him up there probably, is he, like, I don't, He's in the church building, like, you know, dressed in for In an church. empty church building. Somewhat empty. I think there's a few people there to run the computers and do the music all spread out. It makes me tear up. Like, uh, it just, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Well, church. and I, I also think that um, it's, I read a New York Times um, article this morning about people kind of experimenting with social media to be together. And yeah. so like what you talk about zoom and kind of trying to leverage n- technology to make it feel better to you. Mm-hmm. I, it's, people are being really creative and that's cool. Yeah, it is. So it was good. They even did a little children's message and in the children's message, they said, all the kids, close your eyes, because it was a passage about somebody who was blind and thinking about um, what that um, would have been like for that particular person. It was interesting. And so Lou kind of mm. closed his eyes, and then we oh. both closed our eyes, and we opened our eyes, and we saw each other, and it was it was sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm digressing. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> one more disruption to my students, though, is that a lot of my students will do summer internships at the National mm. Institutes of Health and all of mm. those summer internships were canceled. I I this is a really morbid thing to want but I I again want a Google sheet and I want the Google sheet of wishes and dreams killed yeah. by this 
by this virus. Like, I think it's worth mourning. I think it's worth listing these things and be like, here, here are the things that aren't going to happen, that can't happen. And just holding that, I think that's important because they, so I've been out of the house a couple of times, um, mostly just in my car, like picking things up, not even getting out of my car, but like driving through to get meds or driving through to get groceries Mm -hmm. or whatever. And driving around it looks like everything's normal we don't live Mm. in a very urban area so things don't look that different it's not like in california where there's always traffic and Mm -hmm. then now there's none um so i it's been a kind of weird brain it's been a little cognitive dissonance yeah being like, is this a big deal or I don't, I think it's a pretty big deal, but I'm driving around and other people are driving around. Isn't everything okay? It's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It's very strange. So, okay, let's get down and dirty. Um, we, we are going to do status updates, like our personal status updates and kind of get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I, I am interested in starting by talking about work and how this is affecting work. Yeah. Um, I'm I think the biggest thing I'm grappling with, well, of many things, <laughs> is there's this weird dichotomy of getting inundated with emails like how to deal with online teaching, here are resources mm-hmm. for like here are things that you can do to this is obviously unprecedented, blah blah blah, blah. like so <laughs> many emails be, d- saying this is unprecedented uncharted territory blah, blah blah and then on the other hand business as usual emails yeah like as if there is nothing going on and it is very disruptive to my poor little brain that <laughs> cannot make sense of the dichotomy you're like what list does this go on like uh, yeah right yes what list does this go on what google sheet can we start about why like i can't handle both everything is like just bonkers and everything is supposed to be normal i it's very it's very upsetting to my brain yeah are you having the same feeling or are you able to like i dichotomy am and i mean it, it varies so much i think within my research group i very much have the like tone of this is not normal We'll move forward, but let's try to be kind to each other and extra compassionate and just acknowledge that things aren't normal. And I think that was received in a welcome manner by my students. Um, I feel like there is a big generational disconnect between me and older higher ups who don't have children at home or maybe it's not even about children, but I think that is a big marker. People who have small children at home because the schools are closed and people who don't. And there is kind of this, Oh, now we have all this uninterrupted time to like do work thing (laughs) that I mean, I can't believe people are saying this unironically and I, I just feel like people don't get it. And I think another demographic is people who live alone so 
for them, this is also very hard because mm-hmm. still there's that assumption of, oh, you have all this free time to do work. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure I don't have a major depression. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like worrying about people who I'm far from and love. Like mm-hmm. I can barely concentrate. I, I Yeah, this is not like vacation, like, you know, work. I, I'm, yeah, I, yes. So whoever it, is talking about this being kind of like found on un- uninterrupted time. I am restraining myself from dropping f bombs. <laughs> I'm very that is very upsetting to me. And you know, there was a a kind of drama in the Chapel Hill school system. Mm. I think a couple of years ago, when a superintendent or a principal or somebody emailed and was like, "Just enj- there's a snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy this time with your children," and people were like. Are you kidding me, you entitled jerk? Like, there are people who need to go to work to feed their children. So, F you. And (laughs) your stupid message. And then I I saw um, a tweet from a student who is living in Canada. I don't know where she's from originally. Um, but she's studying in Canada and is far from everybody. And I studied in Chile when I was in mm. college and I was definitely depressed. Yeah. And if this had happened, then I would, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened there. There are so many situations of people who are in horrible, horrible situations, either physically, emotionally mentally all of it um and this is no matter how privileged you are and i consider myself among the very privileged in many ways um you know physically psychologically all of it socially and this is still traumatic it's still traumatic yeah yeah Uh, i don't know i so i have felt definitely some tone deafness from people and it feels like it's on generational lines with mm-hmm. most of it coming from you know people who are older um but it also reminds me that that might be part of the personal coping mechanism as well because there is one person who sent out a message like this and actually replied back because this person is someone who's so empathetic and wonderful and who I respect so much. And so the message kind of surprised me that like, Oh, you can take advantage of your, you know, um, uninterrupted time. And they responded back and it was, you know, kind of acknowledging it, but also holding the position that they felt like, you know, it was important to try to be positive. And so I'm like, oh, maybe this person thinks this is helpful. And for some people, maybe just ignoring it and feeling like let's be positive is a good coping mechanism. And it's a good reminder that some people need that. But for a lot of people, it's not helpful. Mm-mm. I, I mean, I'm trying to be introspective about the way I have communicated with people I work with. And mm. I'll be honest, I I'm and I'm thinking in, in particular of my students and mentees. And I think um I've been pretty um with the exception of one-on-one meetings, like in my lab meeting with graduate students and um research assistants, I I think I've checked in, but I I have not 
not on a group call, mm-hmm. gone too much in depth other than to be like, I recognize that this is a really difficult time and I want to make this as short as possible because I personally don't have the mental mm. wherewithal to do to to kind of function normally right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I tried to say that in a way that was vulnerable, yeah. but also like I just I need to. I need to take care of myself and taking care of myself means doing the bare minimum to kind of keep things rolling, but also being like, this is, this is a lot right now. And I can't, I can't function as normal. Yeah. I think people appreciate it from what I've seen. So Mm -hmm. we'll be interested to see what other people have found their experiences to be, especially with students. I feel like the Mm -hmm. students want us to be more real and to acknowledge how insane this all is even Mm -hmm. though there's this trope about like you know gen z at the beach you know (laughs) for spring break and stuff i know i see that on like twitter and stuff but that's not what i'm experiencing with my students also the those people are not in graduate school that's true but even you know we have some undergrads we work with and Mm -hmm. yeah 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 true 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 it's interesting that again, going back to, I'm fascinated by the way the different different people are handling this. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people playing basketball when I was on a very socially distant run with a friend today. <laughs> <laughs> but we saw some people playing basketball, and we were like, "We're being so careful," and people aren't. Other people, but aren't. think about. I mean, just think about listening to our episode. A few days later yeah. and being like, oh, like I would never do that stuff now. Yeah. And there were people at the time who were like, how are they doing that stuff? Yes. And like, yeah, yes. that is a great point. Everybody ha- is on their own timeline. So, so, OK, so. On a personal note, mm-hmm. tell me, um, tell me how you're doing. What how how are you feeling? I have responded to this by like just fully throwing myself into COVID-19 activism. Oh, that <laughs> I'm is like, so oh, wonderful. You know, my research agenda, whatever. Now I'm going to be like a COVID researcher. I Please do not flay me infectious disease epidemiologists. I am not an infectious disease epidemiologist. I know some, they're wonderful. I'm so grateful for their work. I follow them. Um, but I have done things like a do write up for my neighborhood newsletter because I can do that you know, um, as like a public health, you know, expert. Yeah, expert. Um, I've been following the research about COVID-19 in kids, and I read a big study that I felt like was very misinterpreted in a commentary. Um, And so I wrote a Twitter thread about that and then submitted a letter to the editor in response to that. And I loved seeing that you did that. (laughs) I felt so like, oh, what a wonderful service. It was nice. And so they have to review it. Everything's moving very fast. You know, it's not like normal publication things, but, you know, they do review it and they decided to post it online with the online article. And so that felt really good. Um, And that was kind of personally important to me. Um, I'm part of a group of black epidemiologists and we met to talk about how we want to respond. And so we're Mm -hmm. working on a blog post right now. And somebody in that group um, was putting together an advisory task force for the poor people's campaign, which is a political movement that was um, started um, by activists in North Carolina. And so I'm going to be on the COVID-19 task force advisory 
force for that. So, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. I'm like, not the kind of person who's like, let me start a bunch of new things. But I just feel like, and that tension between, oh, what should I do today? This feels like what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm glad to hear you shifting into like channeling. Cause I remember last week when we talked, it sounded to me like you were having trouble channeling your energy basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if this is going to be right or not. Cause there are still other projects I had that I want to move forward, but I just have, I don't think this is going to be a super productive time. I don't know, but maybe just productive in a different way. I actually do want to start a new project about how kind of the restructuring of the healthcare system around COVID-19 is affecting other services because I do work mm. in gynecologic care and a lot all those a lot of those appointments are being delayed. And so I would like to start a project about kind of that. Mhm. It's been interesting in my department. Um, we have some emergency preparedness um, mm-hmm. faculty and there's been um, some emails going around about like developing case studies mm-hmm. based on COVID. And um, I, I've tried to be very um, gentle with myself and yeah. whatever feels right mm-hmm. is right. And so not not trying to dissect it too much but like i haven't wanted to engage there and so my um (laughs) in in earlier days of my life i think i would have been more critical of myself like why wouldn't you want to put your expertise towards understanding this Mm -hmm. and like whatever and now i'm i'm thinking for whatever reason this is not making me feel good right now and I just need to honor that and maybe I'll get to a place where I have enough distance from this that I will want to engage in that but I don't right now and that's okay I think it's good because all the stuff I'm engaging with it's like very specific and it's like Mm -hmm. I like it because it's clear where I'm like yep this this is Mm -hmm. yeah clearly something that I feel called to do so that's good and I think again it's good that you and I are different people because I, I hope what listeners will take away from this is that there's no right way or wrong way to yes. respond. Yeah. Like you can mobilize your expertise and like go out, you know, not literally, but <laughs> stay in and do something, you know, that you feel like is making a big contribution. Or you can also like if it if you need to right now, you can put your head in the sand yeah. and like just take care of yourself. Yeah. Another thing we talked about was my compulsive social media searching, Mm. um, which continues. But I have decided to have some intentional time where I decide to scroll through all my coronavirus like lists and things in a big chunk of time before like 8 p.m. or so. And that has helped a lot. Mm. Um, I think that that is probably super helpful um to to restrict it i it's interesting i have actually have not been um it engaging as much like ben showed me about Rand paul yeah positive and i was like <laughs> every day I, there's something that feels like it's on a tv show yes and so i 
I, again, I think my response is just like, I, my turtle head is coming into my shell. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, nope, don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. What good would it do you to know? Like at a certain point, I am um, Carrie Ann Rockmore, who I quote a lot, says that she actually only interacts with this through the written page. And I think she has three mm. newspapers she subscribes to to get email alerts. So like three different newspapers. And mm. she just reads those three emails and that's it. And that is her interaction with the news. And she feels like on a day-to-day basis, I kind of get Mm. the most important highlights. I want to know what's happening, where I am and where my family is. And, you know, I read through these three emails, digests, and that's it. Yeah. It's very healthy. (laughs) It's healthier than I am. It is healthy. And you know what it makes me think of um, is... It sounds very organized, which is not as romantic a view on it. But I mean, I think right now I, I, I have not settled on what is in scope for me and what is not yeah. in scope for me. Like I have not, my boundaries have not been delineated on this yet, mm-hmm. not just with news, but just in the way I function. So like my social circle i i'm pretty firm on that like i've heard about different people having different like people who are okay to interact with because you know that they're social distancing as well and like whatever i you know i told i mentioned that i went on a social distancing run Mm -hmm. um today yesterday on a on a social distancing walk with a friend um and other than that i it's been my kids and some neighbors walking by. Um, and my kids are allowed to play with kids who they've been playing with since the beginning. And I know for sure that their families are social distancing. So we're trying to figure that out. Yeah. We're trying to figure out who's going to be in our pod. Like, like the new thing, like your pod mm. It's like dating. And then like how <laughs> monogamous are you going to be? And how many other like families can you be in a pod with? And so I did send an email um, to a friend who has a child who is very close to my son. And I was like, do you want to be in our pod? And like, we're close friends. And her response, she, she was kind of, I could hear her in her text responses, like playing everything out. Mm. And she like ran through all these reasons why it was, you know, maybe not a good idea. And then at the end, she's like, forget all that. Let me, she's like, thank you for this lovely invitation. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. let me go like, you know, talk to my partner about it. It was just funny because it, it's just funny. It was funny to see that in real time. Well, I mean, again, since I have an epidemiologist on the line, I, I, I well, first of all, so um, a friend was riding his bike mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. He doesn't live in my neighborhood, but he and his son were riding their bikes and they saw me <laughs> flinging mulch yeah. in my yard today. And, um, and I, we were talking about, how like this this again does feel like dating in college like at like what boundaries Mm -hmm. do we have like who's in who's out how porous all that and um and I was his son was with him and so I was like trying not to be um that the son didn't need to know about what we were talking about with respect to that (laughs) So it got awkward quickly. (laughs) Anyway, um, but then um, we were talking about how long, like, okay, so I've, I've talked about kind of who, 
I have interacted with for how long and whatever. And Ben and I have different rules about like, if he interacts with somebody or if I interact with somebody out in the world, we like take off our clothes in the garage and Mm. then take a shower. But if we don't leave the car, then we just wash our hands really well. Mm. Um, But like in terms of how long can we, uh, after two weeks, can we trust our friends in Hillsborough that they've been social distancing for two weeks? And then can we merge? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you wait and during those two weeks, they're not seeing anybody else and nobody gets sick, then probably, yeah, because either they had it and it's probably gone through their systems already or, you know, they haven't had any contacts where they'd get sick. It's just hard to know. I love that you're like, can we merge then? Then we like have two weeks clean and then we merge. This is like STI yeah, kind of like totally thing. totally <laughs> is. Yes. Like when were you last tested? Yes. Yeah. yeah we might have reached the limit of my non- um, infectious disease <laughs> epidemiology skills but okay yeah like enough. it sounds like you're being very cautious it is very funny to me um so this friend i was on the run with today um she is a stay-at-home mom and she knows that i work at unc mm-hmm. in public health and she's like it's so great to be on a run with somebody who knows everything about this and I was like, mm, <laughs> no, you have a phd in public health yeah, right. I do have a PhD in public health, which qualifies me zero to know anything about this. And I was very quick to be like, no, 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 no. I don't know anything. But I know people who do. So that's, that's good. Yeah. That's kind of it. Also, I mean, it's very eerie because the weather's been beautiful. So mm-hmm. we've been outside a lot. Yes. And that's been important for me to just get outside. Me too. And, and I think... Um, being outside and forcing my kids to go outside at least a little bit every day has been critical. Um, I think I realized a mistake that I made last week, particularly during the work week. So I had my kids home from Thursday before last week, whatever mm-hmm. that day was. Yeah. Like, um, I guess that was the 12th. Um, but working from home with them, I just, try to get as much work done as possible in whatever little chunks of time I have available and I'm trying to do everything at once really. Mm-hmm. And what that has resulted in is me staying in my pajamas all day long. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say it like not brushing my teeth until I change from my pajamas into running clothes. So what's the first thing you do when you wake up? I, well, to get real here, uh, there were multiple days last week when I just laid in bed for a couple of hours, uh, not so ready to face, you know, the reality. Um, and then finally getting up, you know, my kids are like watching TV for two hours in the Mm -hmm. morning while I lay in bed. Mm -hmm. And, and then finally I'm like, okay, Sarah, get it together. And I go downstairs, Ben has made coffee, mm. have a cup of coffee, make the kids breakfast, mm. um, <laughs> pry them away from the television, yeah. um, and then, like, get them motivated on some yeah. schoolwork mm-hmm. something while I kind of try to get on my computer yeah. and 
start getting things done. So immediately you're moving into like getting them moving and then starting Mm -hmm. work and not necessarily doing like your own self-care. Exactly. And so, so uh, by Thursday of last week, I was like, nope, (laughs) bad. Like I need to get, I need to get control over this situation because it could, it could go bad really quickly. So I like just made a, I love list, <laughs> made a list of things I put on Twitter of things that I wanted to get done. And I did all of them. Oh, Sarah. It felt so good. I was so proud of myself. And then the next day I like fell off the uh. wagon completely. So it's been very much like a good day, bad day, yeah. good day, bad day. Um, but before we got on to record tonight, um, Ben organized all the kids' work uh. for tomorrow. And then we sat down as a family and we like did half hour chunks of the day mm-hmm. of like different lessons and different. So like actually at 930, I'm going to be doing <laughs> yoga with the kids because I have like a little meeting gap. Um <laughs> And I'm hoping that that structure does everybody some good. Yeah. So fingers crossed. I'm still trying to figure it out. So this is good to hear. And I, kudos to Ben. I still remember Ben organizing all the summer camps. And mm-hmm. so now Ben is getting another gold star for being like, let he me organize all, all this kid stuff. Stars, yeah. Especially for like being so gentle with me when yeah. he's the first person I'm like, I hate this situation and I'm just yeah. going to pretend you're this situation. So you're going to get all my yeah. flack. And he's like, he's and gold so star is me. not to like diminish him as a parent and an equal co-parent, but yeah, some of the stuff he does sounds like the stuff I would hate the most. So I love when people do yeah. the things that are like the hardest. No, he, he totally, he's been, he's been great. And, you know, I mean, I think it's very challenging too, because he's going through all of his own stuff. Yeah. And I think, this is just shifting the earth beneath us in such a profound way. And there are so many changes all at once. Like it would have been enough. Like <laughs> we're coming up to Passover. Yeah. So um, I can say Dainu, all the Jews out there yeah. will know what I'm talking about. Like it would have been enough mm-hmm. if my husband and I had started co-working dainu it would have been enough if my kids school had been closed dainu like all like each one of these things would have been enough but together it's like oh my gosh it's so much so much at once feels like an episode title dainu Dainu. good idea well it's kind of bitter like that makes me like laugh but also want to cry because <laughs> also like there's not going to be easter is there going to be passover like what's going to happen i mean so ben and the kids are not going to los angeles yeah um like they usually do yeah. um i had been planning to go to some local friends houses mm-hmm. i mean friends who are basically like family yeah because my conference was canceled, but now I'm not going to, they're not in my pod yet. Yeah. Um, and by that time, I don't know if they'll be in my pod because um, everybody has different boundaries. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. What What about you? What about Easter? I have no idea. I can't even think that far ahead, but it really has yeah. hit me. Like, it's very, very strange to think about not being at church 
on Easter. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really like, I can't, it's really hard to even wrap my mind around it. So I'll come to it when it comes. I think that's a good um, perspective to have. Um, one of the things that I've realized, like, you know, all the things that are helpful to me, one thing that I I don't know how to operationalize this, I just know it intellectually um, is important is not to scroll ahead in my mind mm-hmm. about what's going to happen because I've been thinking a lot about like Jane has asked me about you know because we got them all organized for the week and mm-hmm. like we have been talking about things in vague terms in terms of timeline and she's like are you gonna keep us at home longer than the two weeks that school's Aww. out and I'm like Oh, God, I don't have the heart to tell her that she's not going back to school for the rest of this year. I don't want to tell her. She loves school. And then I also don't like I'm not looking forward to telling them that the pool is probably not going to open this summer. Yeah. And I'm thinking about although it's a good disinfectant with all that chemicals. But continue. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Right. You know what? So this is good because I was thinking too about um, all of the different things that I had planned out in my mind, like my little mental timeline. Yeah. And if you had told me even a month ago that this is the situation we'd be in, I would have been like, that is ridiculous. Yeah. Get out of here. That is some sci-fi shit. It is. Get away. It's total science fiction. And so I couldn't have planned that. I couldn't have anticipated this. And I can't anticipate the future. Mm-hmm. I cannot. And anything could happen. We don't know. And trying to figure it out other than just planning yeah. in a normal, rational, like self-protective way. Mm-hmm not helpful yeah it sounds like you're doing well you're just kind of (laughs) no but just day by day you're like what works for me i need to get dressed i need to have you know Mm -hmm. need to just try to get outside do some self-care how are you planning for like what so we touched on this briefly but how are you um with with um lou and august how i have no idea is there daycare open Uh, it's like i literally don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow (laughs) okay Okay. fair enough look literally lou and i were talking and we're like "Mm, let's just put it off and see what happens in the morning like it's it's that uncertain and up in the air everything well we'll have to talk i mean i look forward to checking in with you next week too because i I, the friend I walked with yesterday has kids, your, your kids ages, um, almost exactly actually. Mm. And, um, her daycare hadn't closed yet, but it's closed starting tomorrow. And, um, I have some ideas for you based on what she said, but, um, she was like, I'm okay right now, but ask me next week. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) I will be thinking of her solidarity. My friend, Mm. my friend of a friend. (laughs) um okay so do we have we have some take-home messages so you can get up and like attend to yourself even before you attend to your work or your kids if that makes you feel good maybe get yourself showered and dressed and Mm -hmm. cleaned Mm -hmm. up (laughs) yeah 
Outside um, time. We both love outside time. We're both partial to it. Yes. Um, and also, um, planning to the extent that it is yeah. self-care. Yeah. Like, I think for me, planning, I heard, I remember you talking a while ago about our, ta- during our task management episode about, um, like how you resist the Sunday night organizing yeah. of the calendar. Yeah. It's like taking your medicine. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like that is becoming harder for me, but it is so important. Yeah. So planning to the extent that it's self-care. And also just thinking about the next right thing. You inspired me last time at our last COVID campus um, talk where you talked about how you decide what to do. And you're like, I just think about, well, what needs to be done? What do I feel like doing? And so I tried Mm -hmm. to pay attention. And I think that's led me to some of the COVID-19 related stuff I'm doing. I'm like, I feel like doing this. So Mm. let's not overthink it. Let's just do it, which is not like me. So that's another takeaway. Like, do not overthink it. Like right now radical self-care that is a term that brian weiner used with me when my r01 was not discussed he said this is a time for radical self-care so just like i am not delving too deeply in what into why i don't want to engage in that you are going with it and don't overthink it don't overthink it and also like these are not normal times even if people tell you that it is normal and everything should continue as it is and you could be super productive I that is not our ethos at academics. <laughs> we thumbs down. <sighs> and we are a resilient people. We will get through this and we will learn lessons along the way together. Yeah, we will. Academics was produced by Sarah Birkin, Mara Bookbinder and me, Whitney Robinson. Our editors include Jeremiah Murphy and Molly Horrock. We get administrative support from Val Hooker and Molly Horrock. Our artwork is by Melissa Hudgens at Leafy Greens Design. We have received funding from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's Carolina Women's Center and the Wisdom Initiative.